When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for a group of five football. Uh, Joe Londrigan and Eric Henry here with you as we get ready to uh, continue to look forward to the 2022 season. Uh, it's a Sunbelt edition of the pod today. And Eric, I know we're usually on the CUS side of things, but um, the last couple of months we've been doing some Sunbelt stuff as uh, not only conference realignment takes place, but we got some uh, staff realignment going on at, at Underdog Dynasty. And today... Um, I know we, we were excited to get a chance to talk some Georgia Southern football with uh, their new head coach, Clay Helton. Yes, sir. First off, let's not overlook the fact that, you know, you were in my neck of the woods, you know, the past week or so. So definitely enjoyed the fact that you got a chance to get down good old Southwest Florida, as you've made a reference to plenty of times on the pod. I'm sure you'll have a story or two to reference as we uh, get going here. But no. Really enjoyed having Coach uh, Helton on. And in terms of the uh, the Sun Belt, really excited to get a chance to kind of dive in. And as you mentioned, uh, with staff realignment, we're going to kind of take on some of the, the additional responsibilities and keep that content going and try to talk to some uh, more Sun Belt head coaches. Again, really enjoyed that conversation with Coach. Want to get um, possibly Coach Huff and Coach Ronnie on as well. So we will try our best to keep things going as we uh, take care of the back end of the site things, responsibilities that you guys have no interest in, but, you know, play a big part in our ability to, <laughs> to make things happen and keep and, and continue to keep bringing you great content like these head coaching interviews. Yeah, we are. We're doing our best. We certainly appreciate your patience, especially from the Sun Belt folks. Um, but for now, enjoy this conversation with uh, Georgia Southern head coach Clay Helton. All right. So, Coach Clay Helton, first of all, thank you all so much for making the time for us today. Uh, looks like a beautiful day in Statesboro, Georgia, where you are. Uh, obviously, you're no stranger to gorgeous weather. But uh, I'm curious, what's the transition to uh, that part of the country been like for you? Well, obviously, it's a place that I grew up in. It's great to, to be back over this way in the southeast. Uh, I was born in Gainesville, Florida. My dad is a 50-year college and NFL coach where, you know, majority of not only my my upbringing, but my the beginning of my college career was in the Southeast. And uh, so to be back over this way towards family, uh, to be having the opportunity to be here in Statesboro at a, a program that has an unbelievable tradition of excellence, uh, to have an unbelievable fan base, an alumni base that's passionate towards, uh, the, towards the game of football. Um, it, it's a special transition. I was at a special place at USC uh, and sometimes God closes one door and he opens uh, a, a great door also and a, and a door that fits you really well and so really uh, really proud and honored uh, to be here in Statesboro and it's been a really smooth transition for me and my family. That's great to hear. And it, earlier this summer, we actually spoke to your brother, uh, Tyson Helton, who's obviously now the head coach at uh, Western Kentucky. Curious, uh, any any sibling rivalry going on with you guys right now, now that you're uh, a little bit closer to each other? Well, we're, we're two very competitive creatures. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, so proud. I mean, uh, Tyson's my younger brother, five years younger. Uh, as an older brother, I can't tell you how proud I am of him. We've coached twice together, uh, one time at Memphis, and then uh, he was with me at USC, helped helped us win a, a Rose Bowl as well as a Pac-12 title. Uh, and to see what he is doing as a head coach, I mean, three straight bowl games in, in, three, in his first three years at Western Kentucky, couldn't be more proud for him. Um, and I uh, think my mom would die if we ever had to play each other. <laughs> Just, uh, so thank goodness we're not at the same conference right now. Oh, that would certainly be interesting, Coach. Um, so now that you were the, the head guy in Statesboro, uh, looks like you guys are going to move from the historically, you know, what fans are uh, used to with the triple option attack to a more balanced um, mm -hmm. system. Curious what the reaction from your players has been like since you all made that clear to them what the expectations were moving forward. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things that we wanted to be able to accomplish, we had had so much success at the at the FCS level, uh, six national championships. And as we transition to the FBS level over the last six years, we, we really want to be a national story, just like we were in the FCS. And to be able to do that, we felt like we needed to change offenses and be a more uh, pro-style balanced offense that included all positions uh, that can provide major contributions, whether it was the wide receiver position, running back position, obviously bringing in quality quarterbacks uh, to have offensive linemen that can see themselves going to the NFL because the NFL is a passing league uh, and you have to have a skill set as far as pass protection. So to be able to transition um, from FCS to FBS, uh, we felt that that need of, of change of system was imperative for us to be the national story. And so we brought in Brian Ellis, who had been not only with me at USC, but was with Western Kentucky last year, one of the top passing offenses in the country was able to acquire Richard Owens as an offensive line coach and a run game coordinator who was ultra successful at UAB. And that combination of two elite systems, both run and pass, um, has really flourished us right now offensively. Our kids have absolutely loved it. Uh, I even had fans come up to me after the spring game and say, Coach, we didn't even know the wideouts. Some of these guys existed. We, they've been here two to three years. We didn't know who they were. Uh, and you see what, uh, what a contribution that they can make make. So I think there's there's a, an extreme excitement amongst our players and our fan base uh, about the season. Um, we've we've been 15 practices within the system. We got 25 more. I wish we had uh, 2,500 more, but we got 2,500 to continue to advance and to continue to grow. But like where we are right now and really excited about getting to training camp and continue that offensive progression. In terms of offensive progression, like you mentioned, uh, how do you feel about where uh, Kyle Ventrese, the Buffalo transfer, is right now at quarterback? I think he's going to surprise a ton of people. Uh, we we evaluated um, him as a three-year starter. I think we watched every throw he's ever made, um, saw the success that he had at Buffalo under Coach Leopold, uh, had a change in, in staff, and, and um, he, you know, he was looking for a new environment. Uh, a new system where he can flourish, and it has been a perfect fit uh, for both sides. Um, I'm so excited 
to watch him. Um, he he really progressed as a quarterback, I think, and, and helped our offense progress in the spring. And I think he's going to be one of the one of the big stories uh, that are going to be out there this year. Everybody's going to be saying, "Wow, where where did this guy come from?" Um, I think this system fits him perfectly, and I think having had the opportunity to be around some really good quarterbacks, I think you're going to look up and go, "Wow, this is an NFL quarterback that's going to be playing on Sundays." Coach, you got at least 10 guys that I can think of on your roster that are playing in their sixth or seventh year of NCAA eligibility here. What does that kind of veteran leadership mean to, to someone like you who's just taking over this program? Yeah, it's been so important. Uh, to, to be honest with you, to have the guys like Dylan Springers and Justin Ellis and Todd Glenn Bradley, guys that are six-year guys, 22, 23-year-old men um, that have really provided player-driven leadership, um, especially as you're bringing in a new staff. You know, uh, As a head coach and a staff, you're providing the plan. You're providing a, a resource of leadership, but you can't be with them every second of the day. So to be able to have that older leadership that when you're not around uh, – uh, it, whether it's in the locker room, whether it's, you know, all of a sudden in that huddle, uh, wh- whether it's, you know, at, to be able to have some older veteran leadership guys that really understand the culture that we're bringing in here uh, and to drive that culture is really important. So um, really fell into a great situation. It was, it was really um very important, I thought. Um, one of the one of the great decisions I think Jared and Jared Benko, RAD, and Camarera made was uh, hiring a coach in early November. I thought it was very proactive, very aggressive, and what it allowed us to do was really build those relationships over those last three games and keep a lot of guys that were having to make decisions. You know, do I stay here? Uh, do I do I go out in the real world? Do I graduate and move on? Do I go to another team? And these guys, because of their love for the university and being able to develop that relationship, that trust, have stayed on and really advanced our football team over spring. Couple more for you, Coach, and we'll get you out of here. Uh, moving from the more experienced guys to uh, one of the young guns that you guys just signed, uh, Terrence Gibbs, running back out of Winter Park, Florida. I know Eric has seen him play and was pretty impressed with what he saw there. Um, talk about what he he brings to a program uh, now that you guys have shifted the offensive system, like we talked about. Yeah, I, I think he brought he brought two things. One, he's an amazing player. Uh, you know, uh, when you look at him after his sophomore year in high school, he was one of the top three running backs in the country. Then he suffers a knee injury. Uh, you know, and really uh, didn't get back to full strength until later in his senior season, uh, and it's still and still getting healthy. But what we have seen over the summer, we're extremely excited about him. One from a player standpoint, but also you know what was really important. Um, and I think this will help us moving forward. You know, Terrence was a very high profile recruit. Um, that he saw Georgia Southern and this offensive system as a perfect fit for him. And as a guy that's a you know four or five star recruit that all of a sudden says, you know what, Coach Helton, his staff, Georgia Southern, it's the right place for me. And I'm going to make that decision and go do something special. That that provides uh, others that that are looking in in the same avenue or the same situation. That man, I can do go do what Terrence did. You know, and so we look forward to his success here. Uh, it, we're looking at him as a total investment uh, for a very bright future. Um, and I know that as he progresses health wise, um, he's going to have a great future here. And I think that will lead to examples for others that, hey, you know what? I can be a very premier recruit and go be a part of something special in Statesboro. One thing I know we wanted to ask you about as someone who has 
<clears throat> excuse me, as someone who has extensive experience at a P5 program like USC and, and been around the block once or twice, um, now that the new transfer portal rules are in place, what's your philosophy when it comes to building a roster and retaining talent? Um, for us, we're in a premier recruiting base um, in the state of Georgia and the Southeast. When you look at, you know, the state of Alabama, South Carolina, Florida surrounding us, and then you talk about Georgia and that's that, that premier recruiting base, um, it's special. So we're going to be a developmental program. Um, you know, we we um, signed 33 young men, basically changed a third of the roster. Um, 90, 90% of those guys were freshmen. Um, you know, uh, 19, I think, of 22 freshmen that we signed in December uh, were from the state of Georgia. You know, so we believe in being a developmental football team. But one thing I did learn in being out in Los Angeles and and being at USC, I had a great opportunity to watch Les Snead, who's general manager for the Rams. And um, we both played at Auburn. I got got to know him, got to watch him. And his leadership of the Rams and some of the decisions he made, I thought were exemplary. Um, you, You think about when the Rams first came uh, to LA, uh, they're an immediate playoff team. Uh, and after that year, he makes a couple changes, but and brings in three key members uh, in Adamican Sue, Marcus Peters, and Tlaib. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're a Super Bowl team. Um, he takes a, a team that was a Super Bowl team, makes a makes a change with uh, how much courage does it take to make take Jared Goff, who's ultra talented for Matthew Stafford and all of a sudden you win a Super Bowl. So we felt that there were some key positions of need that we did need older uh, players. We just talked about one, Kyle Van Treese within a new system, bringing him from Buffalo, 23-year-old man, three-year starter. Jeremy Singleton, who was a major contributor at the University of Houston at the wide receiver position to be able to bolster that receiving core. Uh, we brought in a Christian Varner. You know, we lost a, a really talented interior defensive lineman to the NFL, C.J. Wright, early. And we brought in Christian Varner to immediately fill a need from North Carolina. Um, and so there are going to be pr- some needs that we use uh, with the transfer portal. But as we move forward, you'll see primarily uh, 90% of our kids be freshmen in this elite recruiting base uh, in Georgia. Looking forward to seeing how that pans out. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for your time. And I know we're looking forward to the season. And I know you're a busy guy. We'll let you get back to your day. But can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, enjoy the rest of your summer before training camp starts here. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a great one. All right. You too, Coach. Thanks. All right. Thanks again to Coach Helton for for jumping on. I know he's a busy guy. And of course, thanks again to uh, Georgia Southern Sports Information for helping us set that up, uh, specifically Brian Johnston. Um, But one thing that, that Coach mentioned that was Uh, Interesting to me was a not only did his players seem to react really well to this change in offensive philosophy, you know, from the triple option to more of a pro style offense, which, by the way, most of these guys were, you know, specifically recruited to play a triple option and they had. It seems like pretty low turnover in as far as the transfer portal goes. They have a really experienced roster and we'll see how that goes. But I don't know. That that seems like a testament to a these players' devotion to the program, and and b you know either Coach Helton is a hell of a salesman, or they they genuinely feel good about where things are going here. Yeah, I definitely found that really interesting, and he talked about it on the podcast in terms of the shift in offense, and I think it's a it's a really listen to each their own. Um, I I personally am in agreement with him in that in this nature if if. With kids going to college football and kids going from high school, their goal is to make the NFL, right? How many of them do or don't, 
obviously we know the numbers on that. But with that being said, if you're going to try to attract the best talent, you've got to try to put them in position to achieve that goal to get to the next level. And with that means a shift in offense. So I completely uh, understand and, and would co-sign or, or would, you know, um, uh, endorse that that shift in an offense. Now, with that, as you mentioned, not a lot of turnover outside of guys like, you know, Cam Ransom, you know, kid I know from Tampa Armwood High School, obviously was recruited to play that offense, actually played similar in that offense here uh, in Tampa in high school. So I understand that shift. But to be able to get a lot of those guys to buy in and stay, I think that speaks to A, his reputation as a head coach and the fact that he coached at USC and obviously he comes from a coaching family. So I think that that really is a testament to him and really his pedigree and what he brings to, to Georgia Southern. And he talked about a little bit uh, during the podcast, getting a recruit like Terrence Gibbs from Winter Park, in, in my opinion, that really is a game changer. And Joe, I don't know about you, but I just was thinking about it as he talked about it. I think it gives, for example, you go back and you watch the old, you know, you 30 for 30 documentary, right? And they talk about that one or two high profile recruits that really changed the 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 outlook for the program, right? It wasn't that necessarily they were the ones that ended up, you know, did it single-handedly in terms of building that that thing to a success. But when you're able to sign a player like that, it brings legitimacy to where further players down the road will consider Georgia Southern. Yeah, absolutely. The expression is, is Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you know, some folks might say this is kind of a, a second coming of the <laughs> the Roman Empire that was Georgia Southern football in their FCS days, um, if, if we're going to, you know, hyperbolize it a little bit. But something like this, it, it really has the potential to, to just send the program in a whole new direction, like you said. And one thing that I think is interesting, um, just with – not only like the program's evolution, but the Sunbelt's evolution, even in the last two years, now that the East also has Marshall, Old Dominion, uh, James Madison, this division is more competitive than ever. And that's not even to mention, you know, Coastal Carolina, who still has, uh, you know, Jamie Chadwell and, and all the talent on his roster, plus an extremely good App State team. Um they need to, you know, th this program needed a shot in the arm in order to compete in what is probably like the most competitive division in group of five football right now. No, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there as far as it being a, a truly competitive division. And listen, I think this is a program, again, when you get someone like Clay Helton, the legitimacy and kind of instant credibility he brings to that program. Not that Georgia Southern wasn't a capable program before, but just in terms of you're coming off a three and nine year. You really don't want to make the three and nine itself is as much a step backwards than anything else. And you kind of don't want to have to go full rebuild. Right. So when you get Clay Hilton, then it's like, all right, you know, it kind of reminds me of the FIU situation when they had Butch Davis. Of course, you know, that feels like a lifetime ago. But 2017, you're coming off of Ron Turner and a program that at that time had only been to two bowl games in 20 years or so. And you bring in Butch Davis and automatically it's instant credibility, right? So obviously the wins, we'll see what happens as far as if that uh, they get that instant success over there in Statesboro. But just the fact that you have someone who automatically brings that name recognition into Shea, I think is huge. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't even mention Georgia State there. They seem to be on, you know, a little bit, not exactly a, a rocket ship to the moon, but certainly an upward trajectory. So we'll see. Like you said. It's it's interesting just to to close things up, Eric. You, you mentioned uh, I was in Southwest Florida for a little bit, um, just hanging out with with family for a family reunion. Got to spend a lot of time with uh, my niece and nephew. And my nephew, who's five, 
is super into wrestling right now. I mean, the, the kid pulls up and has a backpack full of at least 30 uh, you know, AEW and WWE action figures. And we, we spent a lot of a, a couple of days there just watching, you know, NXT reruns and, and stuff like that, that I had recorded on, uh, you know, my DVR and stuff. And just because I knew he was, I, I, I don't make a habit of watching WWE anymore regularly, but I recorded it to watch with him. And I am shocked at the amount of guys from like our childhood who are still going like it's it's nuts to me how these guys bodies have held up and like <laughs> you know we, we talked about like six seven year guys uh at georgia southern it's like it's almost like the same thing like how do you get your body to that point where it's taking that kind of punishment and still want to come back for more that was wild and it, it it definitely melted my heart a little bit to see how much this kid loves uh something that made me really happy when i was his age no, that's that's certainly adorable, right? You know, said so can't uh, can't be mad at that. Two quick things to the things you mentioned there. One, uh, we know one uh, significant factor of the wrestling uh, sphere from our childhood who won't have much of a future. Uh, you can read between the lines. B, um, or actually back to A, stunner that you know that person who played that character on TV was very much that character in real life. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm stunned. But anyhow, <laughs> B. Uh, um, yeah, I think that goes to, you know, at, listen, uh, professional wrestling is obviously not a, a sport, right? It's sports entertainment. But with Correct. that being yeah. said, um, I think it, it falls in line with sport in terms of the way that guys take care of themselves, you know, guys and girls take care of themselves in that line of work. And I, I think the way maybe they were doing it 20, 30 years ago versus now is probably different. I mean, listen, let's. All jokes aside, let's give legitimacy. To, I mean, I, I can't speak to some of the other, uh, you know, federations out there, but the WWE, we've seen, you know, what they do as far as their sport performance center. When I was at UCF in Orlando, I was right down the road about 10 or so minutes from campus. And that rivals any power five NFL training facility. So don't think, you know, by all means that they're not putting the effort it takes into uh, nutrition and keeping their bodies right. So that makes perfect sense that, you know, in this day and age, we're still seeing some guys still gone. It's a sight to behold. It certainly is. And, and speaking of, of things that made me happy as a kid um, that my niece and nephew were now enjoying, my niece is 13 and her favorite thing to watch right now is all the old early nineties, all that episodes that are on Netflix. That was, <laughs> that was bananas to revisit. Like, have you watched those recently? It's funny you mention that because I just I didn't know they were on Netflix and I just watched one. I watched a couple. What was that Friday or Saturday? And I, I watched it because I wanted to know how well the humor would hold up. And it does hold up. I mean, obviously, some of the things, you know, you got to be it was marketed to teens and, you know, kids of that that age range. Right. So some of the stuff mm -hmm. you're like, OK, but for the most part it holds up and i think that's to me is the sign of like true comedy because there there's some shows that i watched as a kid that i watch now i'm like it really was a time and place type thing but all that you know it's definitely one of those things and of course as you mentioned just nostalgia i mean if you can't rock with the all that theme song tlc like i i don't know what to what to say oh my gosh such a good theme song such a good theme song I mean, we Taylor put a MIDI of that theme song at the end here. If we have it, I don't know if we, I don't know if we'll get in trouble for that, but that'd be fine. <laughs> um, also, I didn't like part of me thinks is like 
kids like didn't get like political humor or whatever, like didn't know who politicians were. And there's like there's a uh, one of those kids plays Ross Perot in like a lot of those skits. Katrina from, Johnson, like, I, I I remember that because she was one of my favorites on the show, and she, yeah. I watched the interview where she talked about like doing the airs. So yes, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know, like I was like when I was watching that with them, they were like, I was like, do you know who that is? And they were like, no, I was like, well, OK, it's just a funny guy with big ears then, I guess. Also, they watched I don't know what possessed them to want to watch this movie, but they they wanted to watch New York Minute and uh, with the Olsen twins. And <laughs> they were like, this movie's so retro. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and like and then also the band Simple Plan is in that movie. And I was like, do you know who that band is? And she was like, I don't really listen to classic rock that much. And I was I just like crumbled to the floor like I could feel like. Like I could feel like a prostate exam being scheduled for me, like somewhere in the distance. Like that's how old I felt. I'll give you one that's funny when you talk about, you know, kind of that generation gap, the the song. Now, of course, this is a little before our time, but we're old enough to know the song uh, Cult of Personality, kind of a, a mix of a hybrid of our two conversations here. Obviously, use a, a, yes. a very prominent wrestler uses that as his entrance. My my sister was with her friends. My sister is a sophomore at NYU. And she heard the song Cult of Personality. And, uh, you know, the line, you know, like Stalin, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, I think it's like, like Joseph Stalin. And uh, oh, no, 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 sorry. No, no. It's uh, Mussolini. Mussolini. That's that's the one they were asking about. And they had no idea. They were like, who's Mussolini? Oh my and I was gosh. like, huh. <laughs> I guess if you're a 20, 21 year old, there's no real reason for you to know Mussolini. Are they not I, teaching World War II anymore? I, that's what I was wondering. That's what I was wondering. Because they all were like, what's Mussolini? Not who, like what is Mussolini? As if it was a pasta. <laughs> that, I mean, that that both surprises me and, and doesn't surprise me, <laughs> given, I don't know, where the education system is in the U.S. But anyway, the NYU, impressive, by the way. It's a great school. Um, uh, University of Central Florida. Anyhow. What'd you say? I was just giving giving you crap about you know the impressive NYU thing. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, Alexis goes to NYU. No one cares. The sibling rivalry comes out. I love it. No one cares. I went to Northwestern. Damn it. That's that's true. No, I'm not not taking anything. I feel like I'm like your mom, like you and your sister's mom right now. Like we love you both equally. I, I'm assuming your mom, I'm assuming your Jamaican mom speaks like an old lady from Long Island. We love you both very much. <laughs> I, I'm glad you nailed the fact that that was the accent you uh, invoked there. But but yeah, no, I just had to, I, I had to, to you know, opine there because everyone's like, NYU, it's so great. I'm like, listen, it, it is what it is. All right. Like I went to an Ivy League school too. Yeah, it's, yes. Yes, you did. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back more with more G5 football talk. Going to get some more Sunbelt stuff in here as well. Um, thanks again to Clay Helton and Georgia Southern Sports Information for their help with this episode. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore, at Eric C. Henry underscore, and of course, at Underdog Dynasty for more G5 football content every day. And leave a review on Apple, or uh, Apple Spotify, whatever your preferred podcasting platform is, so we can help grow the show. Thank you all so much. Happy football watching. We'll talk to you soon.